Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast, recording the day after Mother's Day because we love our mothers. As always, I'm Joey, and uh, I am joined by Miles, Mother or Mother's Day? Which one? Wait, what? Movie-wise. I don't understand. The movie Mother or the movie Mother's Day? Which one do you prefer? Uh, Neither. Oh, well, you're a monster. I'll say hi anyway. Hi, everybody. All right. Uh, Ryan's back. Mother or Mother's Day? Um, Which one's Mother's Day? Well, there's a couple options. I think there's like a... Isn't there like a Gary uh, Gary Marshall like shitty Mother's Day? I was going to say, there's a crappy there horror movie. Um, oh, wait. No, I mean, hold on. Both... I'm, I'm changing my answer. Uh, mother by uh, Bong Joon-ho. That's a great one. Oh, there you yeah. go. We oh. got multiple mother and multiple mother. I will take, I will take the so. mother because I like the Bong Joon-ho one, but I also do love the uh, Aronofsky one. So there you go. Cool. All right. How's it going? You want to say hi? Right? Oh, hello. Sorry. Well, I, I just go. thought that my answer sufficed. Try saying hello Fair this enough. time. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the robot, Steve's here. Beep, beep. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> my selection will be the motion picture known as Mother. Actually, I like the Albert Brooks one. Well, I'm Joey, in case you forgot. Um, and I'm going to go with the Aronofsky one. So cool. We, as, as mentioned, recording it on a Monday and, uh, well, what do you know (laughs) that worked out because as we were getting ready to record word breaks that NBC tells the golden globes fuck off this year. So let's chat about that for a moment. Uh, A few things to keep in mind. One, they did not cancel the golden globes. The Hollywood foreign press association still exists. They're not televising the award show in their press release. They even specified that, they would uh, hope to be able to do it in 2023 after reforms and, and such are, are put into place. So this year, if you're only worried about awards, who's to say? They could do a press release. They could go to a shitty station. They could stream it. They could not do anything. They, uh, I'm sure, are not thinking about that right now. Honestly, they probably don't care that much because, uh, spoiler alert, uh, TV means money. So that's more what the issue is here. They will not have any funding. And also, most of the studios won't be, you know, campaigning and swagging and all that for them. So that's how you sort of push forward change because there's no way to uh, benefit now. But that's sort of not the bigger issue. The bigger issue is, will they become a more inclusive group? Will they not be wildly corrupt? Will they, you know, strive to be less of a joke? And who's to say? But one hopes that if they were going to do it, this you know, is the uh, sort of kick in the ass to do it faster. So let's, uh, let's go around the room and talk about it. So Ryan, you can go first. What do you think? Um, I'm a little bit mixed on it, to tell you the truth. Um, I think that it's great that we're going to hold them finally accountable and we're going to see some clear diversity um, within that group, though. People have only really talked about this diversity from the vantage point of that. The Hollywood foreign press does have, it's not just a bunch of white guys. Like I think that's what, or white girls too. It's not just uh, white journalists. There are people from across the world. They just not any black representation. And that's the troubling thing. And they really could have just gone out, stated their claim, say, you know, we were sorry added some members and moved on, but their persistence has, has caused all this outrage. I do think that this is a really sad thing because, uh, 
as a Latino critic, this is a big year for Latin representation in, in mainstream cinema and, you know, for opportunities for people to see. And, and, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people already that don't know what in the Heights are, but when they see that it's nominated for awards and stuff, then they, you know, and obviously when the marketing campaigns happen, then, uh, the, you know, they go to the cinemas and see it, but, um, it's, it's the right step in the direction for change. I just don't know where, where the line is, how far this is going to go. They haven't really said anything. Um, so it's, it, uh, it sort of is like a, okay. And they could still have, they could still give awards out technically. They just yeah. don't do it over the television. It'd be like the writer's strike a couple years ago. Sure. I mean, the writer's strike, they had, um, they did like the press release show on like E or, yeah. or whatever. They still had a thing. Yeah. It was just, you know, but that's the thing you know, they're, they're not going to worry about that because their, their concern is the organization has no money now because NBC was their, their, their cash cow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sure. There's nothing stopping them from giving a press release announcing that, uh, you know, don't look up wins best comedy, but how does that benefit them? Correct. So yeah. the hope here is I think through NBC and let's, let's not forget NBC was also listening to, you know, Netflix and, and the various studios that had already announced, like, we're not going to work with you until you get this done that, you know, you were not going to have our talent at the show. You were not going to likely have our films nominated. So all of this was building towards that to, uh, to begin with. So yeah, it's not, it's not any one thing. They just have to, not be 90 out of touch people. Like it's not a hard concept, you know, being, being a small exclusive group is, is a, is a benefit in some ways for certain things for this, when they're, especially when they're kind of trying to reflect a, a broad, you know, swath of the, uh, the industry. It's not, it's not what you want to do. The Hollywood foreign press association does not sound like a tiny group that should be, you know, a very all encompassing group. But they have not been. So the hope is that they will. They will be. So, uh, Miles, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I would echo everything that's already been said. I think almost as um, sort of significant as uh, NBC sort of um, refusing to air them is uh, the vast number of uh, celebrities and actors and such who have sort of come out against them because. One of the big things about the Golden Globes and one thing that we've sort of noted in the past can very much motivate their nominations is what celebrities do they want to have there and almost throwing a little bit of a party. And so even if they do find another network or streaming or whatever that would air it, the fact that there's so many celebrities out there who are you know, taking the same stance uh, could also be a motivation for them to get this resolved and make these changes that they need to quickly. And I think that's a good thing. I think change does need to happen. And sometimes you just got to draw a line in the sand and say, enough is enough. We're not going to support you until you get this right. So, you know, will it get resolved in time for the Oscar or not Oscar, but the award season this year? Who's to say? Um, But I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you certainly want to want to hope that, but we shall see. Steve, wrap us up on the Globes. I think more transparency, less PR team prepared statements, uh, do something authentic. If they want to defend themselves for the way they have been, then let it be known. And, you know, put put your case out there, you know, fight, fight for yourself a little bit. But if you admit that you're wrong, then 
open things up and make the changes. But uh, what they've been doing so far, putting, you know, putting, uh, having their host of the shows be fit the the check marks they needed to check off and pretend they did something. You know, you have to make change from the the core and not just on the outside. Mm-hmm. For sure. So time will tell. One hopes that. You know, a year from now, we'll be talking about how everything is set up for the 23 show and like maybe they won't be a joke. And, you know, that would be a cool thing. Like if you could legitimately like take them seriously, because, you know, we spend every other year talking about how you mostly have to discount them, except when the Academy sort of almost accidentally pays attention to them. But but that goes well beyond you know, the issue that people are attacking right now. So that's yeah, there's other things they need to fix. You know, I mean, could there I mean. There's I saw this floated on the internet, but I just want to ask you guys this. If they are able in the next two to three months to fix this internally, get a bunch of, you know, highly well-established critics that are representative of all people and show that to the world and it fits all the criteria, could possibly we still have the ceremony? I mean, I don't know if NBC would is, I mean, they're using this obviously as giant leverage to get them to fix things. So we still have six, seven months till this award show. You know, it's not out of the realm that we sure, should still have. Sure, it, there's a you know, sure there's a negotiation that could happen. Yeah. I'm sure they can, they can, they can, you know, probation them and then be like, well, you'll be on Peacock, you know, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, That's like, fair. That's fair. MSNBC. I mean, man, was, what a slap in the face that would be, man. I'm yeah, still, CNBC I'm still getting, or MSNBC. I'm still getting drunk on January 9th. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to still get drunk on January 9th because that was what the original date was supposed to be. Oh, I thought it was because you were an out of control alcoholic and you get drunk every day. Well, but I mean, e- even if they correct things, <laughs> Brian, even if they make the corrections, who's going to show up at that ceremony? Well, that's the main problem. Well, I mean, you had I no think one that, willing to participate. Well, I mean, it's, it's if they show spicy. good faith. You know, yeah, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say you ran over a good joke. Come on. (laughs) Oh well, I was answering Steve's question seriously, which is, I mean, I think if they show good faith and they make good changes and maybe have a a new person in in their leadership role, then I think that wouldn't that be good enough? Maybe, but they also, you know, in all of these current uh, issues building up to this, which we had. Netflix, among others, say that they wouldn't be involved until more was done and they hadn't done enough. And even in NBC's press release, they said, like, there is encouraging steps, but they wanted to move faster. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like they they it would be a hard sell to, you know, pull back and be like, never mind, it's all good. But that would also mean they did a legitimately good job, mm-hmm. which, sure, <laughs> let that be the case. But, I mean, if you're... If you're a journalist who's being sought after for this position now, I, I don't know how eager you are necessarily to do it. You know, you might worry about being sort of tokenized, and we don't want that. You, you want qualified people who are selected for their qualifications and are, you know, treated as full members. You don't want anyone to feel like I'm just here so they can get back on NBC. It, it reeks so of... It reeks of them getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar and then trying to make excuses now. And like, you know, the, the, it's going to take a little more than just the backpedaling and the corrections. I think there's going to. I don't think anything will happen till next year. I think this year, no, they'll 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 show they've they've done better. Next year, they'll come out stronger than they have been probably in, in decades. Um, and maybe we'll get, like you said, well, maybe we'll get something better out of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we you, you saw the beginnings of this with sort of the the results of the show you know you they they had just gotten accused of being you know 
problematic to say the least and they they tried to course correct with their with their winners and that's not what the argument's about you know at the end of the day nobody nobody thinks you're more or less you know racially sensitive because of who you give an award to it's still a metric of of acting but who you're having in your room to make the decisions is far more important and they were you know horribly lacking in that scenario so if they can solve that point no one's gonna you know look sideways if if you know andrew day were to not have won that golden globe for example but they also if they if she wins you wouldn't look at it as course correction you know that would have you know in that scenario if they had made these changes prior to this year and then andrew day wins you look at it as like oh there's some major momentum in the race for her as opposed to what we all sort of did and and mostly rightly, but also somewhat to her discredit, sadly, was you kind of just threw it out as like, oh, that's them trying to like showcase that they're not racists. And and that, you know, does no good for the race. It just makes everybody feel better. So hopefully all of this a year from now is is in a better spot. And if it's not, listen, we're not going to lose sleep over the Golden Globes, you know, um, Twitter is already rife with like what could take over. SAG can move to that weekend. The Critics' Choice Awards can move to that weekend. People's BAFTA Choice. could even move up if they wanted. <laughs> no, sorry. Smoking, smoking from the robot who was like People's Choice. That sounds like a major award. Um, <laughs> For the but you know, like that's the thing. Or you know, like I, all the people were suggesting, like, oh, you know, the New York Film Critics and the LA Film Critics. Those things are never going to be televised. They're, no. they're they're too insular. They're too small. They're they they only matter in terms of momentum for Phase One, but. You know, I mean, BFCA, maybe it's a, or, maybe or it's just SAG, a, yeah. maybe it's just a kind of a good thing. And maybe then for Oscars, like the ratings yeah, could mean, go up because people don't see like a bajillion award shows and it doesn't yeah, saturate sure. the market. And I kind of think the opposite. I think mm-hmm. the, the award season is long, be, partially because of the placement of these awards. And if you don't get the word out early, Oscar, Oscars can't be a one show machine running it all waiting six months for films that most people, you know, the average American has not seen. Mm. So I think by having the Golden Globes, you're planting the seeds. Oh, what's mm. this film? I've heard of Nomadland now. Yeah, yeah the, no, the, you're, year, you're the year matters. Well, I the mean, year matters. wouldn't use last year, right, Steve, because of the ratings being well, so Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Let's, but I, let's not, let's, yeah, let's, let's skip last year. But yeah, the you, standard there year. is, yeah. you know, but I let's also say, think, I, I think we're going to have a lot of bigger movies out this year, though. For that. Well, that's the thing. A bigger movie, you don't have to sell in the same way people come to see. You know, ooh, we'll, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll say, let's say Dune makes all the money. You know, people will come to the shows to see, does Dune win anything? Whereas, you know, if the big movie of the year is, let's say it's Coda, just for argument's sake, it's an Apple movie. So, like, it'll have been seen, but it's still smaller. I mean, Nomadland was widely available. People opted not to watch it. So, you know, the movie will dictate whether the show has to introduce you to the films Mm -hmm. or the film brings you into the show. That's just how we, you know, that's the quirk that I think people always forget is depending on what's nominated, the ratings will fluctuate. And that's not inherently a bad thing. You want years that are different. Like, there's nothing wrong with a year where... You know, the best picture races among smaller films. There's nothing wrong with a big year where it's two or three big studio films. The the films themselves, as long as they're good, will will carry the day. So I think it's kind of a uh, Microsoft Apple relationship. You know, you would decades ago when they were competing, and you, you need the competition. It's good for you. 
Yeah, no, uh, healthy competition is good. I mean, you always want two sides to everything. That's that's even you know we 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 haven't talked politics recently because you know we got our way, but you know you do want two political parties at least. You just don't want one to be an insane cult. You want to you know you want you want competition. Competition makes you stronger. Like we just said, like you know one one company is never good. Two companies better. So if if this scenario ends up leading to the Globes being a, you know, a, a, an honored thing, and like you really want to get to the Globes, that phase one win, fantastic. And if it doesn't, and we, we just no longer worry about the show that, you know, thought that uh, Burlesque and uh, The Tourist were award-worthy films, the life will go on. Yep. Life finds a way, as they say. Yep. Speaking of life finding a way... We have a Filmaholic face-off for you. Oh, boy. And uh, it comes from Ryan McDermott. And uh, he would like us to look at Steven Spielberg works. But not just any. He would like us to look at Steven Spielberg works from the years where he did two films. Okay. All right. So facing off with himself. And... uh, he actually said specifically, all right, I'm just straight up stealing my filmog face-offs from Will Mavity on this one, because what are the odds that I'm ever going to find five pairs of films that share a theme out in the wild like this again? Because Will Mavity, um, Maverick's movies on Twitter, friend of the uh, podcast, wrote that Spielberg has put out two films in a year many times. Not out of the question he has this done by September. So hypothetically, he could uh, wind up with two films again if he's up to something, because he's doing uh, his autobiographical film, which apparently is called The Fablemans now. So, shoots in the summer. He's done this before. Big film, small film. So, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask you to film a whole face off The Fablemans or West Side Story because we'll have time. But, here's the other ones. Schindler's List of Jurassic Park 1993. Start off with the hardest one. That is a tough one. Ryan? (laughs) Yeah, let's go Ryan, Miles, Steve. Um, uh, Schindler's List. All right. Miles? Schindler's List is a great film, but Jurassic Park is one of my all-time favorites, so I have to go that way. All right. Steve? I'm going to foul Miles on this and go with Jurassic Park. Same wow. reason. Um, I'll, I'll say it's an incredibly tough one. I'll go Schindler's List ever so slightly. But, I mean, if we're talking about what we're just going to watch right now, yeah, Jurassic Park. I can't believe um, I can't believe you guys are so anti Schindler's List. That's, that's I mean, only two of, only two of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the right. I'm on the right side. You guys of probably made out during Schindler's List, right? With <laughs> each other? Well, with Seinfeld. They've never met. <laughs> Seinfeld reference. Seinfeld. Oh, I was going to say, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I, I thought that's what you might be doing, but yeah. I was also like, this could just be a weird sex. You guys, never, you guys sure. never seen that episode? Yeah. You made out during Schindler's uh, List? Listen. We've all we've all done things during movies we probably shouldn't have. Whoa, but that's for a different podcast. It's 2021. I'm not up to date on my Seinfeld references. <laughs> uh, now, if they did it on Rick and Morty, Miles might be in. Maybe. Yeah. Hey. Um, if they did it on, I don't know, Miles. What's a show you watch? Did it on Parks and Rec? Eh. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Well, up to a point. Uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine until last summer, where I felt uncomfortable watching the show. Fair enough. All right. Next one. Amistad in the Lost World, 97. <laughs> uh, Amistad. 
because it's a good movie. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> say Uh-oh. what you want to say, but God I'm gonna go it. with the Lost World. God I actually it. think it's super underrated. There's some right. stupid stuff in it, but it's a lot of stupid very, shit in there. <laughs> there's a lot of stupid stuff in it. I'm not gonna say there's not, but I enjoy the heck out of it, and I go back to it more often than movies that are considered much better. Is Fair the enough. Lost World the one with the gymnast on the yeah. bars? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Then I'll go Amistad. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go Lost World. The Lost World has the distinction of being the first film I believe I ever saw twice in a movie theater. Hmm. In 97. So I would have been 10 years old. All right. All right. 2002. Another tough one. Catch me if you can in Minority Report. Ooh. That's a good one. Catch me if you can, because Leo and Hanks, um, and once again, pro Hanks, others are pro Cruise. Um, not, I love Tom Cruise. What am I kidding? Um, but no, it's just, Leo's great in that movie. Oh my god! And and uh, Christopher Walken, uh, two mice, yeah. a bucket of cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, both are great. I am going to go with Minority Report. It's one of my favorite sci-fi the last 20 years. Is it 20 within the last 20 years? Yeah, just barely. Just barely because 2000. It is. It is um, 19 years ago. It might actually be my last. It, it might be the last Spielberg movie that I loved. I don't think I've loved a Spielberg movie since that one. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Fair. That is fair, Miles. See. Yeah. Steve? I will go Minority Report. All right. Um, it's a tie, really, for me. Uh, they're both great for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I'll say catch me if you can, just so we can tie. Just so it's a split. I was, like about, right down I the was about to be uh, in the minority for this, yes. in this one. You know uh, I mean? Well, you know, I, I, I use my precognition abilities to know what was going to happen. Oh, there you go, buddy. There we go. 2005. It's going to be easy, but, you know, Munich and War of the Worlds. <laughs> Uh, Munich, oh. man! All the movies that well, catch me if you can. It's not a dark one, but it, I seem to go towards the darker Spielberg. That's I mean, War of the War of the World. I would argue War of the Worlds is almost as dark as Munich. I would say, yeah. I mean, it's also more one of the most annoying movies ever, uh, Dakota Fanning. Um, but uh, yeah, Munich. Munich's a very special film. It's very. It's I think the last truly like great. Spielberg film like for me personally that's the last one miles for me okay um I'm gonna go Munich as well I it probably is you're right but I think the distinction I would make between that minority report is that minority report is much more rewatchable no fair it's a film I've seen once maybe twice but that I kind of don't want to go back to it's amazing it's very well made it's got some incredible sequences in it but it's just it is a tough watch I'll give and, you. Uh, I'll give you this one. one. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. What was the other one? War of the World. War of the Worlds. War of the World. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you this, Miles. I think that Minority Report might be the last Spielbergian film. Does that make sense? Like, because when you go to a Spielberg film, you're thinking of like a summer action film for the most part that like really reinvents a genre. And I you think know, that like that's that story. No, um, not remake a genre, uh, reinvent. Um, and so, oh, so like the BFG. Yeah, like the yeah, like the the big effing giant. I I, I would argue that was Adventures of Tintin, but I see. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's I know what like you're getting at. Yeah, that's that's the Spielberg I know, not the the serious drama guy. 
Sure. Which Fair. I think he's Steve. folded into more as, as time goes on. Hmm. Steve. Um, it's a tough one. Munich's pretty much fairly underrated. Uh, and it's got some amazing sequences and just incredible editing and war of the world. I love the sound design on that. The first, mm. first half of the film is great. The last act kind of falls apart. So I will go Munich. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do the Munich sweep, but I do think war of the Worlds is good. I, uh, I don't dislike it. I kind of appreciated how it was pretty goddamn bleak in like a nine 11 movie for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Robbins did but, yeah, Tim yeah. Robbins is in it. Play, yeah, playing like Alex Jones, couple, right? Yeah. Sort of. There's like there's a couple of things that are rough, like his son just sort of vanishing and coming back at the end. I didn't love that. Yeah. Well, he had to go um, film Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Justin, <laughs> Justin Chatwin or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost appreciate the fact that they didn't even try to figure it out. Like, no, he's fine. Don't worry. Uh, but, you know, it's fine. It's good. But, yeah, Munich is, Munich is better, if not rewatchable. Uh, 2011. Uh, I apologize in advance. Warhorse or Tintin? Tintin. Oof. Easy. I mean, neither for me, frankly. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to me in a minute. Oh, come uh, on. Tintin's fun. No, I'll definitely go Tintin. Tintin for me is the fourth Indiana Jones movie that we didn't get with the actual fourth okay. Indiana Jones movie. All right. Calm down. Calm down. No, I love Tintin. <laughs> I, no, I no I'm talking about I'm talking about like the hate on the Crystal Skull. Like, calm down. Tintin. Crystal Skull is a piece of shit. Don't you dare. Don't like you dare movie. come in here and talk I like that about movie. Crystal Skull. When was the last time you watched it? I mean, the main the main issue here is is Ryan, as we know, is a raging alcoholic and he's just big on the Crystal Skull vodka. Mm-hmm. More so than the movie. Mm-hmm. You and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> it's like, what movie? <laughs> You're talking about movies? Yeah. Movies. I'm talking about some delicious vodka here. Where's that Harry Carey imitation now? Throw it out there. Harry Carey here. <laughs> and I love the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I love Crystal Skull vodka just as much as like a nice cold Budweiser. You know. Right. And the cubbies. By the way, uh, uh, Crystal Skull people, if you do want to sponsor us, please let me know. At Film Snork. Um, are, you, are, you, are you thinking that the Indiana Jones team is still doing marketing for the fourth Indiana Jones movie? <laughs> Crystal Skull Vodka. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was about to say, listen, the money goes in my pocket, so yes, yeah. I'm accepting uh, this. But no, yeah, if we want to be in the vodka sales business, sure. We'll just uh, we'll get Miles and Ryan loaded, and they'll argue about the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I think that sounds hey, like a good live stream. Yeah, that does sound good. You down, Miles? I'm going to bleep it. some of that out so we, so no one steals the idea. <laughs> yeah, we'll table that. I, that's, I, I'll, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think everyone's going Tintin, right? Just by virtue no. of Warhorse uh, being... Oh, we got a Warhorse winner? I, I No, I hate I hated them both, but Tintin... <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're both I tried to watch mediocre. three times, and I'm like, this is just painful. So, uh, mm. Especially for an animated film. I just could not get into it. So I'll go Warhorse. Right, fair enough. God, I never um, wanted to kill an animal uh, more. Uh, I'll go. I'll go push. Um, push them. Here. Push them down the down like a. Yeah, I, I'll give. I'll give hill. Warhorse the lean. I'll give Warhorse the lean on Pete treatment. Oh man, <laughs> this is also because I know Ryan's eating, so now he's got to spit his food around. I oh, am. Yeah, I'm trying to eat dinner and do this all at the same time. Sorry. Clearly. Uh, all right. Part two. In honor of Spiral, what are some of your favorite horror sequels? Oh. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say Spiral is one of them. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that in a moment, and then stay tuned uh, for next week because 
we are getting uh, Kendall and possibly Casey back to talk Spiral because uh, one ho- they'll have seen it, I think. Miles will have seen it, and uh, we'll do a full-on episode. We'll even do some spoilers, but for now, in a couple minutes, I'll give a spoiler-free take. But evidently, other... evidently, I'm kicked out next week for Kendall and Casey. Just to, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll see. They're much, better, um, they're much better guests than I am. So fair. Uh, horror sequels. Um, I'm going to say. I'll say Saw 6. I do think it's a really good horror sequel and much better than it has any right to be. And I will say... Hmm. Horror sequels. They're, the problem is they're usually terrible. <laughs> um, I'm speculating about Halloween Kills because the script is very good. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, Steve Ryan. Not agree. <laughs> he didn't read the script, though. He didn't read the script. Yeah. Um... I read the IMDb page. That was enough. <laughs> That's fair. You are the IMDb page. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Evil Dead Two and Army of the uh, Army of the um, Army of Darkness. Darkness. That counts. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm going to say? Also, 28 weeks later. Well, uh, that's a good one. one. Yeah, not as good as the first one, but surprisingly good. And Jeremy Renner's in it. Say New Nightmare and Idris Elba. Yeah, and Imogene Poots, like yeah. wildly overqualified cast. I'd say the um um. Oh God! Scream, oh. Scream two and three are pretty good. I'll say Scream four. I love Scream four. I'm not a fan of Scream four. I I just, was but I am excited for what is this like? A, is it a five? I think it's Scream five. Yeah, yeah with the 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 signal people, the ready or oh. not directors. Yeah, ready or not, and uh, they they had they were called something else. They did a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, they uh, they could be they that could be a good one. All right, uh, Miles, what do you got? Um, I got a few. I'm actually gonna gonna shout out. There's a very obvious one that I'm we're all forgetting, but I'm not gonna say it yet. Oh, Jaws three with Michael Caine. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. He was in the fourth one. I want to say. Oh. I think he's in, whichever I think he's one in that paid for that house, right, guys? Yeah, <laughs> that's the his, one where the shark amazing quarters. <laughs> yeah, and follows them down to the Caribbean. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys know what he he said about that, right? That's why he didn't show up. Yep, I haven't house. seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's terrible, but I have seen the house it bought, and it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's the right mentality. Um, So I'm going to go with two that are wild deviations from their uh, original films, but I think benefit from it. Uh, Firstly, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. It's one that kind of gets overlooked by history. I think it's one of the best horror comedies ever made. It has Dennis Hopper clearly drunk with 30 minutes of screen time just running around and screaming and chainsawing things and getting into a chainsaw duel with Leatherface at the end. It's bonkers. It's got some crazy good set design. It's one that people kind of dismiss because most of the Texas Chainsaw sequels are terrible. But that's one that I've come back to probably more often than the original. And I love the original. Um, And then the other one I want to give a shout out to is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. People shit on it all Mm. the time for not being a Michael Myers film. But if you look at it as its own thing, it is so delightfully bonkers. Mm -hmm. I can't recommend it enough. Mm -hmm. Fair. I'm going to throw out there that everyone has forgotten Dawn of the Dead. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't answer yet. Yeah. All right. Well, you can't pick Dawn of the Dead now. So go ahead. Oh, well, then I have nothing to say. No, I wasn't going there anyways. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with three. Uh, underrated later sequels and I'm going to go with Halloween 4 Scream 4 and mm-hmm. Exorcist 3 yeah. some of them uh, I think all three get shit on uh, at times and all three Fair. Are, are actually worth watching Exorcist if you just forget it's an Exorcist film 
it's a good horror film. Um, the other two, I think, are good extensions of the brand and are horror sequels done right. All right. Uh, yeah, I, there are plenty of horror sequels that aren't bad. I think I think the problem is a lot of times they're not made almost to be good. They're just cashing mm-hmm. in on, you well, know. Well, the surprise. Yeah, like I, gone. yeah, like it, I, I, I think uh, Hostel Part 2 is solid. Like it's not as as good as the first one, but it's still you Eli Roth like pursuing that vision, you know. So that's fine. Like that's 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 good. Well, it's you know when you get like the Hills Have Eyes Part Two, where it's like, oh, let's just get a random person in here, let's make a, a quickie yeah. horror movie. You notice the difference. Um, yeah. I, even is I think the Descent Part Two is still pretty good. Um, the first one's just way better. Um, I like the, Wolf uh, Creek Two yeah. is fine. Yeah. Some people oh, uh, like shout the, out to um, it's not really a horror movie anymore, but shout out to Aliens for being a great sequel to a horror film. I mean, yeah, and and the last time the franchise was good. Should we? Yes, we should. I know you hate James Cameron, but it's still a great movie. No, it's not. Um, I, Aliens three is better than Aliens. Oh fuck off! Yep. Get out of here. <laughs> yep. That's, that's that's beyond a hot take. Put that's that a, on my tombstone. Cauldrons. Um, I, mean, I think Final Destination. Like willing to put you in a tombstone. I think the Final Destination sequels are pretty good, especially the fifth one. Fifth yeah, one and five the is surprisingly one. good. Yeah, those are fun. And then yeah. uh, I know people like it a lot. I don't like it, and I know that the trailer just recently came out for the third one. But The Conjuring Two, a lot of people liked that film, and uh, did surprisingly well. Um, I can't get over the sequence when Patrick Wilson's playing the guitar in the Elvis songs, um, <laughs> but, but a lot of people do like that sequel and the Insidious yeah. ones and um, uh, I, and you in, know, Insidious are, Two is okay. Oh, yeah, they fell off a cliff after that. I have one we forgot that is one of the best sequels of all time: Bride of Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's so good. Speaking of Bride, Bride of Frankenstein, the 1935 film. That's pretty good. That's a really good I mean, if we can do spinoffs, I'll say Freddy vs. Jason. That's probably... Oh, yeah. Freddy vs. Jason is solid. Um, It's just... It knows what it wants to be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, wildly homophobic at one point, so... (laughs) And wildly racist at another point. It has not... Yeah, like... Oh, the early 2000s. It's... it's, If you could could re-edit those two scenes out, it's a really surprisingly solid movie. It's just, like... I get it that like Freddy's supposed to be that guy, but you're not supposed to. Does he's not he supposed to, to enjoy it as much as he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't have to be. Or if he's going to be, it should feel gross, as opposed to like, look at how much fun I'm having. Like, uh, ugh. You know which one? Even even at the time, I didn't like that. Those two scenes. Yeah. You know which one I I, I do kind of like have like this sort of. Uh, love hate relationship with because i know it's bad but anytime it's on like on like it's always on site all these bad sequels are always on sci-fi channel at like four in the morning or whatever um is uh speaking of jason uh (laughs) jason x the one where he's in space yeah (laughs) that one is so funny that I, I would just... argue that most of the Friday the 13th sequels are better than the original. Like oh, yeah. Two and six in particular are really solid. But, like, the fact that Which he's in six? space. Jason lives? Uh, yeah, that's the one where he comes back as a zombie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. They're all great. Yeah, as long I mean, as they're you... so stupid. Like, the only ones that are, I think even the bad ones are fun. It's just, like, like Jason takes Manhattan is disappointing because he takes <laughs> Manhattan for seven minutes at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was, and like, it's the yeah. best uh, seven minutes of yeah. the movie, but it's not enough. Yeah. No, and it's also like clearly Vancouver. I was yeah. I, I was kind of mad though with that movie that it wasn't him and the Muppets. You know, oh, that would be amazing. I want that movie now. <laughs> I, I want that. Tell me now. you guys don't want that. 
Oh, I want. I mean, okay, wait, wait, bad. We're bringing back bad movie pitches for a minute. Let's <laughs> let's break down the story for this. Um, Miss Piggy definitely is controlling Jason, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like she totally, she's broken up with Kermit and mm. she's raging. She's pissed. So, yeah, that's got to be what it is, right? She brings and, back and, Jason to sort, and like he kind of goes crazy and starts killing all the other Muppets when really she just wanted to use him to make Kermit jealous. No, yeah. but then you realize so see, halfway through it's not Miss Piggy, but it's the Muppet Miss Piggy. And it, oh, oh, Jason, and she's oh. and she's been held, she's held captive in hell. Mm-hmm. Like the Muppets take Manhattan, Jason gets hit by a car, loses his memory, and just goes to an office like with a tie on and a hockey mask. And, yeah, and <laughs> what's crazy is he's voiced by Michael Caine, which is ah. you know, tying into the uh, Christmas Carol. So, who's the first Muppet oh. victim? I know who it's going to be because they're you know they're a problematic franchise, but I want to know what you think it would be. Who's the first Muppet victim of Jason? Scooter. Mm. I think if we're if we're leaning into terrible horror movie tropes, it's it's Rolf. Oh wow. It could get out of here. Jeez. Oh, did you say Beaker? Yeah, I think so. I think you think so. Bunsen and Beaker go go early? Yeah, well, because I think they might be responsible for bringing him back, right? That falls. Oh, maybe they, maybe maybe Piggy, ha- maybe Piggy right has them summon him. Yeah, maybe exactly. And then they him. just happen to be there when he initially goes crazy, like the Gremlin yeah. scene with the uh, in the lab. Yeah, yeah. There definitely has to be a scene where Swedish where Swedish chef is uh, is killed. That'd be great. You know, he's working and he hears something. Maybe, maybe he, he like like he and Jason kind of duel with kitchen knives. That would be fun. Ooh. Yeah. And then Jason makes him into Swedish meatballs. Perfect. Someone has to lift up lift up the tray uh and see his head sitting there with his apple stuffed in the mouth. Yeah. Or someone else is put there first, so you can hear hear her, hear her, her, her. Um by the way, how did I not pitch this to Jason Siegel? He has access to the Muppets. Ooh. Not anymore. I, I feel like Jason like, Siegel would be kind of into this idea too. Either that or horrify that you're you're killing my beloved Muppets. Well, you could probably um, get a hold of like uh, uh, what's his face, Danny McBride, because he's doing all the Halloween stuff oh, you, with you Blumhouse can, can, and set him up with Blumhouse. Blum, oh, mm. Muppet Blumhouse. Muppet Blumhouse. We stumbled on an actually kind of good idea. <laughs> you're welcome, everyone. We'll never All get right. the rights, but if any listeners are really good with flash animation or something like that and want to bring this idea to life, we will give you some sort of prize. For sure. Yeah, there's a... Use off-brand versions like the Danish Chef. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If anyone <laughs> does do this, there's a there's a Blu-ray of the Mauritanian in it for you. It's featuring a quote from me. Oh. If you get the Canadian version, it's got the quote in English and in French. Exactly. It's a quote that I can't pronounce, but I said it. Um, yes. So quickly, uh, as of Tuesday, you guys will listen to this on Thursday. The Mauritanian's out. Good film. Great film, in fact. Um, underrated. And uh, is the second ever uh, box art for Awards Radar with a quote. Finally, for me, Kendall had one earlier on. And uh, yeah, seven, what, was it seven, eight months into the birth of the site? We're already uh, showing up in advertising. So go us. Um here, let's uh, keep on the horror movie track and let's uh, let's talk spoiler free about Spiral. The embargo will have lifted yesterday, so my review will be up on the site. Initially, the social was until then, but uh, perhaps surprisingly for everyone, basically everyone has loved the film. So Lionsgate was like, please tweet, please remind, tell people about this. And yeah, it's uh, it's currently my second favorite movie of the year. 
and not just as a lover of Saw, but it's legitimately a good movie. Like the idea of the the concept of let's make seven meets forty eight hours somehow like really works. I it took me a while to like believe it. You know, I don't know if you guys ever have this where you're watching a movie and you're loving it, but you're wondering if you're the only one. Yeah. It took a while before I was like, no, I think this is actually going to work for people. Um, it also didn't help that I was basically watching the movie alone. So my, my return to movie theaters was a, was a very unique one. Basically alone in the IMAX theater getting to watch a, a movie I've been waiting to see for a year and a half. How does it but play in IMAX? Big. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like the full on IMAX up at Lincoln Square or, at, you know, a museum. But it, as the biggest, you know as the branded biggest theater in the whatever movie house you're watching it in. It looks good. I mean, I, I, I made sure to sit like in the right spot. So I wasn't like unable to see a part of the screen, but it feels epic. It feels big and it feels like a, it feels like a movie is the thing, you know, the, the saw sequels, you know, I, I miles and I have talked about this. We'll talk about it again. Like I'll go to bat for six as a really good movie. Two and three have their charms. Um, four, five, seven and jigsaw are definitely more in the guilty pleasure territory where if you don't like the franchise, you're kind of lost. But this, uh, you don't have to know a damn thing about the franchise to watch this movie. It, it stands on its own as like a, a surprisingly solid like cop movie. Just when, you know, the, the bad guy is killing the cops, they're, they're putting them in, in traps as opposed to, you know, killed off screen or shot or whatnot. I have two related questions for you. One, All right. Do you scare, you know, do you actually go to movies and do you, you know, do you walk you around ever? and scare people? That's no, what no. he's asking. Yeah. Do you, are you scared after watching a film ever? Or are you someone who's like, you watch every, no matter what it is, you walk away kind of indifferent? Less often. There were times, um, not this type of movie. Okay. You know, the, uh, That's the, the gore movie, usually not scared. It's a scary movie, but not the type of thing that scares me. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the last movie that really scared me. There's there's some. I Hobbelly I do remember Yeah, different reason. Um the uh, yeah, um, Roe versus Wade terrified yeah, me. Grover. Um, <laughs> no, the uh, I do remember being at Insidious. Oh yeah, the first one. The the scene where the, the red dude is behind Patrick Wilson in the daytime. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, mm. and and I, I I always have that feeling of like, why am I watching this? Like I don't like roller coasters. Like I'm not inherently someone who enjoys like being scared, but I do love a horror movie. So yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say it scared me, but you know if you're if you're squeamish or if you you know a jump scare will get you, like they're there. Well, because that that setup of you being alone for the first time in a theater in a long time, but being alone and watching this, if this was scary, <laughs> it might be one of those like. <laughs> Oh, was it? Let me run, oh, to the, let me run to the lobby and pretend I need popcorn for a few minutes. I wouldn't have run. I mean, I wouldn't have left, but I will say um, this is a little inside baseball, but first time in the history of, of my decade plus of, of press screenings, the movie started early. You know why? Because I was there. There was no reason to wait. It was, was it just you? I was very confused. There was one other person, and then there was two or three um, uh, like assistant manager usher types at the theater. Who are just like, wait, I can watch this movie? Fuck yeah, I'm going to go sit in the back. Um, but, you know, 150 person theater, I'm, you know, 10 or 15 rows up. Joe, you know, do you perfect do? Perfect spot for IMAX. I think the real question, Joe, do you do snacks? Um, well, they provided snacks, so well, well, I, look I did at do you. them. 
Uh, so so here's the answer is yes i do enjoy snacks i i usually do not buy them because they're wildly expensive yep. um but given given the world of like you can have whatever you want yeah popcorn and soda is great um mm. uh i just, I, I, I went to the theater for the first time in a long time and and yeah i, I, I mean went all out so yeah well there's certain things that if i want to go crazy well the thing is i'm diabetic so yeah. all the fun sweet stuff are I gotta really want it, or I gotta know I'm, you know, cheating or whatnot. So you gotta balance especially it out. when things get back to yeah, when things get back to normal, you know, when I could be at a movie three times a week, I can't, I can't be like, well, I'll put some raisinets in this popcorn. Like that's just <laughs> that's playing with fire. Raisin. Uh, I like my toes, and I'd like to keep all of them. Mm. But you know, um, that's raisinets and popcorns are great, a great little treat sometimes. I like um, to, I like one, to do uh, uh, gummy bears and. And, uh, I've never done gummies in the popcorn, but that sounds great too. Yeah, it yeah. is really good. Yeah, because you got the, sweet, I think any the other... sweet and the salty. You know what I mean? Well, it's the same principle. It's the same principle as chocolate in your popcorn. You got the two different flavors. I think it's just the consistency of, you know, but that might work because gummies, depends on the gummy. You can have them depends softer the as opposed to like also gummies. You can have them harder. Like if you wanted to put them in ice cream, you know, it's a very universal thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, gummies and ice cream are, are a harder consistency. Like I was like the Haribo like bears. They're oh, pretty hard. Yeah, they get hard, um, but then you, it almost turns to like a, like a hard candy at that point. And then sure. Just, and then it, but then there's also um, like a like a like a gummy worm, like that kind of consistency where it it, uh, it feels almost more like a rubber as opposed to uh, <laughs> yeah. not not a condom, you pervert. <laughs> well, that's that, that the way you just yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I mean, that's I, mean I think we all the went fact there. That both of you knowing so, this podcast, the, we all went. The there. fact that both of you so quickly uh, were were reminded of the flavor well, of uh, of a condom. We know in your what mouth. show that's we're true. on. Yeah, that's true. Miles and I, um, we may argue on some movies, but we deeply yeah. down know where our brains are at that's when true. we turn on. But you know mind. what I'm yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm thinking of, like uh, like those peach rings or something like that where they're soft peach rings and rubbers all right cool yeah all right yeah call me by Um, your name i'll tell you that yeah yeah. it would have been a better movie if you had done it that way um okay moving on to that but yes snacks are great i side story that and we'll get back to spiral i'm sure Lionsgate. it's like the fuck you were praising us um (laughs) how did this go uh, so wrong (laughs) stx that's when the hole in the popcorn oh anyway sorry exactly stx films and this actually comes back to what we were just talking about the happy time murders the uh, the puppet movie, um, oh, I did God. like it. No one liked it, but I I kind of liked it. Oh, you would. Oh, I would exactly. Of course, I would. Dirty puppets. I was in. I was like, um, I'd yeah, actually. If there's one I'd person seen, that's gonna like this trash. It, it, I yeah, would put. I, I had movie, seen though. Brian Henson's um, play. Like he used to do stuffed and unstrung, mm-hmm. like a like a live show, and that's a better version of it. It's not quite as dirty. But it's mm. it's similar vibe, like Avenue um, Q. So anyway, almost like yeah. I've never seen Avenue Q. I know the sound, I've heard the soundtrack. Yeah, heard. Um, yeah, I uh, I've seen it. I it's wanted amazing. to see it. Yeah, I wanted to see it. Miles, um, could I, they ever make that into a movie? They could, but I don't think they would. I just don't think there's, especially after Happy Time Murders kind of bombed. I just don't mm. think they're going to see an an audience for it's it. It's like the humor cancelable cancelable. Um, I haven't listened to it in a while. I think there's some stuff that definitely hasn't aged well. There's a whole song. Everybody's a little bit racist, but I think it's more. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually that actually play great now. I think it's more making fun of people for being that commentary rather than being that way. It's it's very South Park style humor back when Mm, South Park was funny. Oh, what are you? Whoa. Hey, hey, we're getting off track. We're getting off track. Anyway, what I reason I brought that up was uh, for the Happy Time Murders. STX did something I'd never seen before. They, you know, sometimes they'll do popcorn and soda, you mm-hmm. know, for a press screening or, you know, or a voucher, you know, where you get popcorn and soda and a candy or something like that. They 
were like, you can have anything you want. Like, just, they're not charging money at the concession stand. Just go there and say what you want. And was that dangerous? It's the only time I've ever had, like, real food from a, from a movie theater. Like, sure, I'll try the chicken fingers. Why not? <laughs> Did you get, like, uh, I would have got alcohol. No, it wasn't that type of theater. Ah, damn it. It wasn't, like, the draft house. Do you, Joey, do Imagine. you have screenings at the draft house there? Uh, there has been one. Um, A24 did that movie with the guy who like died with like fireworks in his ass or something. Like oh, that. the, uh, the life and deck of, uh, Dick Johnson. Dick or Long. No. Yeah. Yeah. Dick yeah, Long. That guy, Dick that Long. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Something like whatever the movie was. Yeah. They did that at the draft house. Um, and I've gone once or twice. I believe I actually have a gift card still from you for, for a prior birthday. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, go use this, Joe. The one. <laughs> yeah, and then the world ended, so it wasn't really an opportunity I think to you, use I it. I think you could still use I have like $150 worth I'm of I'm sure cards. it's still good. I just, yeah. you know, we're not going to movies shortly there. The, 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 the New York State shut down the day after you sent it to me. Oh, no so, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've, I've moderated Q&As there. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's where you did the Eisenberg, uh, the art of self defense. Yeah, right? yeah, that was a fun thing. Which you can find. But that, yeah, no. So I, I, I'm, I'm into like. No. Yeah, I've had a, I had a boozy milkshake there once that was very good. I, I like the draft house. They're good stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. The, the back to spiral. Great. Back back to spiral. Great movie. Gotta say, was there was there a follow? Was there a second question, Steve? Yeah. No, no, you answered it. Okay. Can I? So yeah. Can I ask a question? Sure. I haven't seen the film. I'll um, see it this weekend. I'll go to the theater and see it. Um, do you have to know anything about this franchise other than like the basics? Like, do you need to know? No. Do you need to see all these things? And also like how no. Sam Jackson. Uh, so that's the kind of beauty of it is no. If you've seen it. So like Miles, here's your here's your here's your test. You're going to probably see it on Thursday or Friday, right? Yeah. Um, especially since I need you for the podcast. Well, see if I, you can I figure out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> see if you can find a thing from all of the movies. Like a little like Easter egg for all of the other previous movies. Because I was looking and there were some that seemed very much like they were homages. Homages, I'm sorry. But I don't I don't know if they did all, all you know, seven or eight. But to to Ryan's point, no. You need to know nothing. Okay. Um, because, oh, that's good because I've never seen a Saw sequel. So I mean, honestly, you're probably fine with the first one. Because you got the basics. Oh, there's a guy. Oh, yeah. there was I've a seen, guy. The, I've seen the first killer. one and I really like it. But then, like, yeah. like we said, most of the Saw sequels are just like glorified gorif- cash grabs. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that it varies. You know, I think the I think two, three, and four, um, which is Darren Lynn Bosman, who did came back for Spiral, are are telling a story. Four or less so. Two and three are, are telling a, a story. Mm-hmm. I, and they could have easily stopped at three. Four was the start of let's just like eat our own tail and become the most convoluted thing ever. <laughs> that was the first one where you really had no chance if you hadn't seen a prior one. Right. You could you could get the gist of Saw 2 very easy. You could get Saw 3, I think, even pretty easily. You'd lose a little bit. But after 4, and Ra- Miles, tell me if I'm wrong, but 4 on, uh, give or take Jigsaw, you, you, were, you were at no fucking chance. Well, 4 was when they brought on the new writers, and yeah, that was when it became more about the lore and the mythology of the whole thing. And there was very little... Because even two and three, they would do a little bit of dialogue or exposition here or there to get you caught up on the basics. But they were yeah. mostly self-contained stories. But yeah, four is like, here's the origin story for a character who's already dead. Yeah, like two and three are sequels that if you hadn't seen them, you wouldn't be super lost. Like from four on four, partly takes place during three. 
Mm-hmm. Like they catch up to each other at one point. Five has scenes that take place before the fucking first one. Um, they they go they go out there. Jigsaw kind of reestablished that without it, but also kind of was was. <laughs> I so wouldn't does, say bad, but it, it's it's the most throwaway of the group. Okay. So does it does this um, also without spoiling it, obviously? But so you, would you say, Joey, that this is like a a new branch of the franchise, and that they're going to sort of carry it on from here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I talked to Darren. He he didn't you know say that there was going to be a sequel, but um, his perspective is he kind of likes the idea that this isn't a sequel. It's not a reboot. It's something else in the universe. You could easily make Spiral two. You could easily still make Saw ten, and they could exist concurrently or separately or together. They're they're not. They don't cancel each other out. You know, you could still. And this is not really spoilery, but perhaps tells you a little bit about what they're up to. You could still work, you know, easily make a Saw 10 and, and go into like, what's up with Lawrence, with, with Dr. Gordon and stuff like that. Um, the, the story being told in, in Saw, the final chapter, you know, which is basically what they would be sequelizing if they made a straight kind of Saw sequel, is still available. I would think they would avoid Jigsaw for the most part, because it also, I believe, mostly doesn't take place in the same chronology. It's like after and then somewhat before whatever it was. It's it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one definitely ends on a on a twist sets up for a sequel sets up for a sequel. I think you want to see as opposed to just like, oh, I wonder what they'll do next time. It definitely is. It, they could end. They could certainly end. But there is a, it's hard to leave Spiral and not want to see what the next scene is, which is not always the case with Saw, you know, except for, I think, six into seven. When they very much were like, we know we have to make at least one more. Here's a, here's a like a cliffhanger of an ending, right? Then he, yeah, Miles, right? That's uh, that's the one where he has his face ripped open, and the final shot is just him screaming into the camera. Yeah, yeah, because you're like, oh, he's not dead. He's definitely gonna be back in the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing, Sam Jackson, he's good, not in it very much. I will say, and he not, plays not he the plays second lead, Chris Rock's father. He plays Chris Rock's father. He plays the former um, head of the police department. Okay. That uh, now retired, and uh, he, he he has something to do with all of it. Let's say. You can uh, tell there from is the a trailer that he's in retirement because he's wearing the retirement outfit that's clearly Sam Jackson's actual clothes. Yeah, I mean, I will say. So Darren also said, and you guys can the interview will be up, I think, today. So definitely listen as well. Um, I think this will delight you guys. Um, he, he, Darren even spoke about how, you know, this is a different movie. It's like nothing against anyone we've worked with before. I've worked with some great actors in the franchise, but you know, I had a cast that's Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson and Max Minghella. Like these are, these are like power actors who could be in, you know, he didn't say it, but like in my head, like this could be an awards movie. If I didn't tell you what it was. Like you would, you would say like there's an awards potential for a movie with those three if it was the right type of movie. This is not that. Let's not like go crazy. But he said the first word in the first scene that Sam Jackson said was motherfucker. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I this is gonna be fun. Like this is what I get to do. Um, he's pretty good. He ties in to the the movie in an interesting way. Though, like I said, not in it much. Um, the other thing that I, I will say is interesting is. The movie has a has a social commentary that the franchise is at its best when it has. Yeah, like that was what I liked about, about the first one. You know, yeah, is that you it know sort the, of had the, this the rags one, to riches sort of you know eat the rich. Well, that morality there there was a there was a morality tale to it, and the franchise lost its way with that to some degree, except for six, which became a satire. 
Though, again, Six does have wild things like, you know, this person smoked a cigarette. Are you going to allow them to die? Like, like, wait, what? <laughs> Am I going to die for this? Um, but these are, you know, this is dirty cops. So, you you know, even I think more so than ever, you know, the the person committing these acts, that's how vague I'll be, um, you understand their perspective more than ever. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. Any any final questions you guys want me to answer? And then we'll 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 close up shop for the most part. No. No. What's your go to drink Beside, for the uh, for the theater? Uh well, I'm boring now because I have to be sugar free. Um but if there's a Coke freestyle machine, mm-hmm. that's usually a good sign. Um oddly, um the the Mr. Pib Zero, Pib Ultra or whatever, mm. it's pretty good. Because I don't really love artificial sweetener. Yeah. So I just, whatever sm- tastes the least. Or um, whatever the uh, zero sugar um, iced tea. You know, especially if you can throw a little like lemon or lemonade into it. Mm. It's pretty solid. I love a cold drink. That's me. Or if I'm just saying, fuck it, throw it to the wind. Uh, black cherry uh, or white cherry, like a uh, slushy thing. Well, there you go. Now the listeners yeah. know what to give you for your birthday this year, Joey. Sugar? I mean... No, just you know. If, not, if you well, want to no, murder, they don't have to give the you, the, like you the Slurpees. They can give That's you like true. the the like. I know you like a Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, right? They have that. Do you yeah, like yeah. That? I, yeah. I mean, I love me a Mountain Dew. Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, I mean, listen. Like any other thing, you have to. I'm trying to get you out. gifts, right? Exactly. I mean, right. gifts are welcome. Yeah. Uh, like any other thing, you have to balance out reality with uh, what makes you happy. Yeah. You can't. Uh, you you you. You can't really live your life with no sugar and be happy. Mm, moderation, sort of the way it works. Yeah. Mm. If you uh, and I even even honestly, like when I first was diagnosed, when I was supposed to first talk to like the specialist, like oh, uh, I thought if you if you want something and you can have a little bit of it, you're fine. It's more the idea of like know yourself. Like if you're gonna not give in and not have any sugar, great. But if you're gonna do that and then eventually break and eat an entire cake, like you're probably better off having. A bite of that cake, like you know, every week or two, if that's yeah. gonna, you know, whatever, whatever will, will give you what you need. Don't you know? overindulge. Don't gorge. Just like, you know, sprinkle it in. Yeah, like listen, yeah. if you, especially if you're if you're on medicine and you're exercising and you have some level of self control, it's like anything else. Um, yeah. I, I I always liked what my my grandfather said about weed, which is a weird sentence to say, but uh, <laughs> here we go. This was when I was still younger and didn't really like acknowledge it as like, oh, it was a drug. It must be bad. He was like, it doesn't really. It's not a bad thing as long as you're not relying on it. Like if you have to wake up and get high, like function, and you have to get high to like go to sleep, and you have to get high to like go talk to everyone. Like if you have to. If you can only function because you've smoked, you're you're doing it wrong. Yeah. But other than that, he was like, I don't know. Well, that's different though too though because some people have to because of the pain, the chronic pain. That well, that's different. Yeah, I, he was this is this is I get what you're saying. Like this is the they 90s don't need when he's to do it every day. You know what I mean? But yeah, well, I, he was talking about it as as a as a, you a know, crutch. pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah pleasure. If crutch. you're if yeah. you if you're if you have a medicinal purpose for it, yeah, go to town. Yeah. But, you know, if you're if you're just having to have a good time, you know, I get you. Don't make it happen. It's like uh, I remember Bruce Dern talking about being a, a, a long distance runner and how uh, he never he never had a drink. He never had caffeine. I don't think he ever smoked pot, but like would take an insane amount of painkillers at one point. Mm. And this was, I think, a conversation. I think he was telling me about it with someone and somebody asked him. So was that because of, uh, you know, all the old pain, like were your feet hurting? All He's like, no, it was to have a good time. <laughs> I just yeah. 
this is the deadpan of like, no, it's to have a good time. Uh, you know, figure out what works for you and don't do more than that. But that's that's my PSA. So mm. let's uh, let's close up shop. We have a special bonus episode we're going to record right now. So stay tuned for that. And everyone can say where they can be followed. And when you do that, tell me a horror sequel you want them to make. Ryan, you oh, I was go- I didn't know who was going first. Um, Ryan Miles, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Ryan McQuaid seventy seven. Right for all the various places in the world and podcasts and all the places in the world. Um, horror sequel that I want. Uh, usually, usually I'm really good about not wanting a horror sequel. Um, does cats count? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I want the spinoff dogs. It doesn't count because you know in your heart you don't actually want it. Yeah. But don't I? Um, don't, don't we all want to see who goes next to the heavy side layer, Miles? Um, anyway, um, it was always fascinating where Cabin in the Woods went yeah. and how it ended. And I'd be curious. I, mean, I don't because, know how you sequelize the end of the world. I don't know how you sequelize it either, but I'd be fascinated to see if maybe it was like a reset button or maybe that was the whole simulation. You know what I mean? And then they go through it again or something like that. Like go even more meta. Like it, it, it could, it felt like that movie could have been like the new series of like what the evil dead movies are or hell just make a sequel to army of darkness based off the television show and continue that because it was a good show sure i love cabin in the woods i'm down for that Mm -hmm. miles uh you can find me on twitter and letterboxd at miles on film that's m-y-l-e-s on film uh please check out my short film american exorcist on youtube under aftershock pictures um honestly i would just like i know there's been 12 of them but i'm ready for the 13th friday the 13th film i know it's been tied up (laughs) in legal issues for the past however many years but i just want one that's kind of like a return to form something simple something that's not too convoluted or too gimmicky just give me a solid slasher movie it's gonna be it's gonna be blumhouse right we know that gotta be I know Steve would disagree, but if they can work the same magic they did with the last Halloween, I would be a happy camper. No, Steve's going to get mad. Don't do no, no, no. I'm not going to get mad. They? I'm not going to get mad. He's going to get Weren't green. they working on that? They were, but I, again, it's a rights issue because the uh, the original oh, writer, yeah. the original director have been sort of going back and forth. As to yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to figure out, didn't David Gordon Green get attached to another Blumhouse sequel? And I, I just looked up. It's The Exorcist. I think he's attached to another oh, exorcist sure. to do an exorcist movie. Um, but yeah, you got to imagine Blum at some point is going to get Friday the 13th. At some point. Yeah. It's, well, real quick. It's the perfect place for it. So when it comes to Halloween, it's one of my favorite films of all time, the original. So the the new sequels just don't cut it for me. Um, no, I wouldn't feel the same about Friday the 13th. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have that connection to it. Where So if you do something that's interesting and well done, like if you did, if Friday the 13th was the same quality as the Halloween, Halloween Kills trilogy or whatever you want to call it, I think I'd be happy with it. I just am not happy with it with Halloween. So to answer the question, well, first of all, you can find me on Twitter or Letterboxd at FilmSnork. Um, I have two answers for a sequel I'd like. I would like a Halloween sequel that picks up after... You can pretty much skip five. 
I think, picks up after four, 20 years later, following Jamie, the uh, the niece of, of Laurie Strode. I would take that in a, in a day in a minute and then besides that even though i don't like digging things up from the dead um drag me to hell i'd be willing Ooh, to see a, be good. a sequel of that but it would have to have allison loman if she's not back i don't want it it'd have to have ramy and ramy too oh yeah oh, of course my God. oh yeah if you don't have ramy don't bother god ramy's so good i want to both. can't wait for that dr strange sequel yeah yeah that's the only uh, thing holding me on to it right now, tell you the truth. For, from suicide or from no, it's just from oh. like the only thing overall oh, enjoy, like dark. Sam Raimi is going to direct a Doctor Strange sequel. <laughs> like no, yeah. I'm I I really love Sam Raimi, and uh, I thought I was like, Doctor we can talk Strange if was. You need to talk. I thought Doctor Strange was fine, but and like the character was really good in the Avengers films, yeah. but like if if it's I'm just glad it's not scott derrickson let's just say that it's a much more interesting yes and uh, it's him selection. going it's him going back to the superhero genre after um you know not being able to make spider-man 4 and and all that and so um yeah it feels good it feels I would argue maybe it feels us, right yeah i would argue maybe us being saved spider-man 4 but you know when, when, after three no i thought three's not as bad as as, it's know. not as bad as people say, but it's also not as good as one and two. Yeah, the whole yeah. It's, a fan of Kingdom the, of the Crystal Skull would say that it's not that's that. True. Well, I mean, like people called it like your, the your worst favorite movie scene is the time. break dancing scene. I mean, it's it's quite hilarious. Not gonna lie, it's funny, <laughs> like, but it's, it's stupid. Great. It's, it's funny, but it's stupid. It's very just all over the place with that. Yeah. Fair. All right, here I'll uh, I'll throw out some ideas. First of all, you can follow me at Joey Magidson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox. <laughs> Uh, Snapchat, same with the uh, Awards Radar account on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, some things that would be an interesting sequel. Uh, has anyone seen May? Kind of no, like a Frankenstein. I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar yeah, with the month. I, ah, fuck, fuck, fuck you too. Um, yeah, May <laughs> would be an interesting one. You know what would be a sequel? I wish they would remake and do right. Urban Legends Final Cut. Like, Urban Legends is kind of like a mediocre horror movie. Like, it's not terrible, but it's not great. Joe, with the I sequel... I think Final Cut's not good. Would the sequel um, to May be June? Maybe. Okay. No, it'd be maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Urban Legends Final Cut. I love the idea of, like, a film school set horror movie. Because you could you could do a ton with, like, sound and, and, and practical effects. Like, like, make Urban Legends Final Cut, but get... Um, was it Peter Strickland, the Barbarian Sound Studio guy, to make it? Ooh, that would be good. Yeah, like that kind of movie. I'd love that. Um, other horror sequels that I would like: um, Spiral Two. Like, <laughs> once you guys see it, I want it. Like, I'm, I'm into it. And uh, I want someone. Yeah, to, I think I want someone to that? remake uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, and do it good this time. Like, you know, maybe Are bring you it in about the original. Well, I mean, they they remade it with like Jackie Early Haley, and it was well. Terrible. No, the remake is terrible, but you're talking <laughs> about improving on the original. Yeah, well, well, I'm I'm saying like maybe pick it up at you know maybe pick it up after New Nightmare, you know what's like, a re- like reboot, like how New Nightmare sort of like revi- re you know restarted the franchise. I guess it's maybe. like you know yeah you know, something like that. You that have to the that. spirit of it. That's what they they try to do is they try to say oh let's make it modern and let's add all these let's make it cheeky and fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Remember why you know another, people loved it. Yeah. yeah. You know what's another franchise that I think you could continue? The Strangers. 
Oh, God, sure. that's brutal. So I love the first one. I actually haven't seen the second one. I know it's like fine, but not uh, not as not as good. But the idea of like, I think the second one had something to say about the housing crisis with like, you know, people being foreclosed on and all that. There's an interesting theory about like we, we so fear and hate our neighbor at the moment that you could do something with that franchise mm. in, a, in a, you know, MAGA world. Yeah. Or we you know, like I, I imagine, like I, I watched a little bit of um, American Horror Story Election, and I hated it just because I don't think <laughs> I'm a, I don't think I'm a, I'm a Ryan Murphy guy. Yeah, I don't think, but, um, yeah, I don't think I am either. Yeah, but like that idea of like how that scenario can make someone so nuts, and like the horror that could come of that, like you could do a Strangers kind of like maybe Election Night 2016 that happens, or Election Night 2020. Like there's a world that you can make that work, or hell, make the purge good. I was going to say, make just well, make the yeah, purge we good. We can get just one good purge entry. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, is yeah. A, that is a great concept that just they never, never, never fully tapped into. They never got it right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, real quick, one that um, they've kind of flirted with the idea. I don't know what stage of development it's in, if any, but I would love to see a sequel to Trick or Treat. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. another anthology style Halloween. I think that's one of the best movies set on Halloween. I mean, I would I would argue I'll take more VHS. I like VHS. I don't mind it. The first VHS is very good and VHS 2 is very good. I think the third one's rough. Yeah. From memory, they all have like two entries that are very good and three to four that are fine to mediocre. I, I prefer them to the ABCs of death. Oh, definitely. Well, ABCs of death is just you've got too much content and most of it's crap yeah um and you know what was caught right in between holidays i don't know if you saw holidays i'm aware of it i didn't see it caught right in between there's a bunch of crap there's a couple of good ones and then um just like a a couple that are fine like kevin smith has an okay one um they i think when you're too limited by the concept like that was the abc's of death and to some degree holidays like you're you're a little stuck with what you can do so it ends up being like a very one note idea vhs at least you know at least in the, in the beginning with the first one like oh these are just some fucked up videos with you know short like hor- horrific things happening in found footage that could work like the thing with um was it mark duplass in one of the first segments with at like the hotel yeah i think that i think yeah, but I think things like that work. Um, but whatever. We hey, Joey, will. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of giving me an idea for a, a new segment. All right. We should do a segment where we, we debate and decide on the Mount Rushmore of like horror franchises or something like that. The Mount the Mount Frightmore? Mount Frightmore. Ooh, not just horror. Yeah. Not just horror. It can be you know, any uh, any genre. Oh, it'll, every yeah. genre will get or its with name. Like, or with like directors. So like, yeah, directors, sure. or it could be anything. You know, like, so, listeners, yeah, yeah. so, Mount, so listeners, Mount Frightmore, yeah. directors would be... Uh, like the four films that Mount, define Mount their director. filmography. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's a, what's a, who's Mount Hitchmore or something like that? You know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta name those. What's an um, idea we can develop? I think it'd be fun. That would be yeah, fun. yeah, I mean, yeah, I like readers, that. listeners, if you guys want one, make a request every time. The uh, mm. And if you can name them... Make it better. May that be all the better. Just like, give us, Mount give us more be... of blank. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I like that. But like, you know, for horror, it's going to be Mount Frightmore. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I've, I've settled on that. Uh, but yes. So until no then, problems. yeah, you can follow us on the website. You can read us. 
You can tweet at us. You can sexually harass us. We don't care. Whoa. Whatever gets us uh, to the next level. Some Maybe the first care. three. Yeah, some of us can. Listen, <laughs> yeah, I think, wait, wait. I think the, we the all creator, three, Joey, not so much. It seems I also like. love that the creator of Sugar and Spicy is the one who would prefer not to be sexually harassed. I think well, he was think also forced to do details that. Details are very much related to each other. <laughs> Fair. Uh, well, as we go and, and uh, venture off into the world of sugar and spicy for something special we're planning, um, we're going to say that uh, hopefully we can see you at the movies very soon. Bye, yeah, please. Bye. Goodbye. Take care. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.